How's everyone doing? Justin Pennick. Justin Pennick just joined the Periscope. Morning, Justin Pennick. Talking Giants. Talking Giants episode out today. Good morning, everyone. Happy Tuesday. If you're watching, I know a lot of a lot of people just listen to the, the audio on the podcast app, but if you're watching, got a new graphic, got a new setup. Looks a lot cleaner. Looks a lot better. I think it's less production work. But when I'm looking at my computer, I'm not looking... At my computer. Uh, all right. So cool. Good morning, everyone. Let's see. Morning to Alec, Nicholas, Norm, Abe, the true Zach, Scott P. Troy's here. Not Mr. Moon's in the chat. In the Periscope, Kyle's there. T. Miller says, nice new layout. Yep. And Facebook, we got Jonathan Krause. My favorite kindergarten teacher's name was Krause. And my good friend, Jeff Krause's name is Krause. So good morning, Jonathan Krause. Uh, I actually have to test something in the Periscope. Hello. I'm typing hello. Can I pin my own comment? Is that something you can... Oh! Just said error. Can you pin comments on Periscope? Hide chat? Producer Luke told me I could pin comments, and now I'm trying this, and it seems like an inopportune time to try it. But we're going to do it. Don't know how this works. Fuck. Every time I click it, it just says error. Anyway, whatever. Link Ray's playing. Link Ray, this song by Link Ray, Black River Swamp. If you live in anywhere that's green in the summer, when you can hear like the crickets and you're driving through green at night, this is the perfect song for it. You just put this song on and you drive through the summer night. And you're in a you're in a mundane, mellowed out mood. This is road in the Newtown, Connecticut that I used to drive on. It was like a swampy road, and I would just sense just a good mood, just a good mood. Uh, we got some good stuff going on today. It's the last episode of June. We got a new graphic. Everyone's excited about it. Up in arms. Just fantastic new graphic. Good job by by Matt, our graphic designer. Um, and pardon the interruption for giving us the layout that we literally just stole. But everyone does. Everyone in sports takes the little whatever the hell it's called. Anyway, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Coming out today on Jumbo Media. 
Talking Yanks, brand new Talking Yanks out. Uh, it's been so fun to actually talk about strategy and roster and lineup. We talked all about it. We ran into a little thing that uh, we think we're going to see a lot of this year. A little Phantom IL stints kind of fell into that. Uh, and kind of scary, kind of cool. So go check out Talking Yanks. It's been a lot of fun. It was the voicemail episode. We got a lot of voicemails. Talking Folk, I, I am on today's episode with Nick. Christian Lee Hudson, new artist that we're talking about. His new album, Beginners. We talked about a couple songs from that that album. I love that album. Uh, Phoebe Bridgers produced it. And I love Phoebe Bridgers. And Phoebe Bridgers dropped an album, so now she's doing the media circuit. So she's coming up on all these late-night shows, and she's covering all these songs to get attention. And it's like, fuck, now i got to watch all this. I have an unhealthy obsession with Phoebe Bridgers' music and when she covers songs and shit. So... But on Talking Folk, we talked about Christian Lee Hudson, and Talking Folk is going to be on YouTube now. We have a John Boy Media Music YouTube channel. We have a lot of ideas, um, you know, doing uh, movie soundtrack reviews or or just walking through a movie via soundtrack, albums, uh, the regular Talking Folk episodes. So it's on YouTube now. It's brand new. We're updating the back catalog uh, as we speak, really. But if you want to go check that out, I'm on today's episode, Christian Lee Hudson, uh, slow, slow, mellow music that I love. Laughs from the past today is the shootout at the OK Corral. Wide Earp, Ringo, Doc Holiday. I'm your Huckleberry. Really fun episode. It's the last episode of the Wild West season. Um, and then we're moving on to another season after that, so go check that out. John Boy and Jake Radio will be live at 10 o'clock on the John Boy and Jake uh, TV channel, which I, I do believe in July we're going to be doing John Boy and Jake Radio on this YouTube channel and see how the masses like it or if they don't like it. So we'll see. And then Talking Giants, Pennick, uh, Bobby, uh, and thoughts go with Bobby. I had to say goodbye to his dog yesterday, which is one of the more heartbreaking things you could ever possibly do. So I feel for him. And they put out an episode today, so go check that out. Bam. That's everything coming out on the network today. Doc Holiday. Guess I'm tuning in what a gunslinger he was. Sometimes I read the chat and people that are probably like, is he saying that or is he reading something? I read that. Ooh, in Periscope, McAvoy Craig says he's excellent. I saw him open for Phoebe Bridgers and Better Oblivion Community Center in Brooklyn. I wish I could have gone to that. I'm in New York. I should have known. That sounds awesome. Sounds like all my favorite artists hanging out and singing. Uh, all right. Moving on. I take the RGB off. Wall, South Dakota. This was a suggestion, and I'm going to I'm gonna shout out the guy who suggested it, uh, Jonathan Cohen. So I wonder if Jonathan Cohen is from Wall, South Dakota. I thought it was San Diego at first. It's South Dakota. It's uh, 63 degrees and cloudy in in Wall, South Dakota, and it is an interesting place because it's tiny, but it's famous. Tiny town, famous store. Tiny town, famous store. Wall, South Dakota. If you forget where South Dakota is, it's in Northern America. A lot of foreigners probably like, what? But yeah, the two Dakotas and Wall, South Dakota is right by the Badlands, which is cool. Badlands National Park. Look at look at look at it's such a tourist spot, the drugstore and wall, that it says it. Like it doesn't say 
the town of Wall. Like you see all these towns, there's Creighton, there's Wicksville, there's Awanka, Wasta, Cottonwood. Doesn't say Wall. It says Wall Drugstore. That's the big thing. Look how small this town is. What's that, a runway? What's this long? I got to move this over to make sure that I know what you guys are seeing. What's this? Uh, this looks like a airplane. Well, it's off of Airport Road, so 10 points to me. Man, Jimmy really can spot a runway in satellite view. Canny, what an impressive runway spot. Couldn't have been anything else. We got an RV park, empty. RV park, way too empty. They should all get together and hang out. It's too spaced out. And that that pond looks disgusting. That looks like, this looks like a fake diorama for an elementary school with, you know, broccoli trees and like pea soup as the lake. But this is real life. I, I believe those are trees and that's just disgusting water at the RV park and wall. What's this? We got a track over here by the train yard. All right, what are, where's the drugstore? Little tiny town of Wall. There's a rodeo. Hey, for being a small-ass town, they got a lot of shit here. They got a rodeo. They got a really nice football field. They got an airport. They got a horse racing track or dog racing track, whatever that was. And they got a day's in. Dazin. Is this a quarry? So it's called Wall because the mountains formed walls of the Badlands, I believe is what it said. And the Wall Drugstore is fucking nuts. Here it is. Wall Drugstore. There it is. Cactus Cactus Cafe Lounge. So the drugstore, let me let me uh the drugstore and wall Gets 20,000 different people go to it a day. (laughs) It opened in 1931 during the Depression, and it was just a pharmacy. And the dude was like, hey, how do we get more people to come to our drugstore? So they offered free water. So they just had big homemade signs on the side of the road. Hey, there's free iced cold water up ahead, which was huge. You know, ice was hard to come by. The ice trade is hilarious. Do you guys know about the ice trade? Oh, the ice trade's so funny. The ice trade, so, you know, in, in the UK, they don't really, they like warm beverages, warm beer and all that, because they didn't have ice. They didn't have giant lakes that froze every single winter that they can get ice out of. They didn't have the ele- the electronics and the technology to just create ice. So they would, there was an ice trade, and the rich of the rich in, in Britain would would pay for ice from the Great Lakes so they would cut these huge blocks of ice and they would put them on ships and they would ship them to the UK. The only problem was about 80% of the inventory would melt on during transportation. <laughs> so stupid. So stupid. Anyway, that always cracks me up. The ice trade where you lose all of your inventory due to melting. They offered ice, ice cold water for free, though, and five cent coffee. And that did it. That made them like a destination. Put them on the map. A place has free water, bam. 
which I think now a lot of states legally have to give you free water if you order food. Otherwise, you can be like, I choked and it was your fault. But, man, Wall Drugstore, they're pioneers. Pioneers. Water. We'll give you water. It's huge. Um, here's a video. It's really like a mall. I wonder if I need to change the... Oh, not that. The side. It's really like a mall. Oh, yeah, there's this video of these two kids who do... Like, these guys do... Uh, they're, like, acting. It's like two kids. They're acting as if they're walkers in, like, the old days looking at animals and, and dying of thirst. And then they see the homemade sign that says, ice, cold, free ice water, wall drugs. So that's what they're doing. Um, but, no, there's really cool footage after their, after their one minute of bad acting. They get to the actual part of the story which is really cool shots of what it was. South Dakota, Wall Drugstore. There it is. Do we still take pictures of, of uh, store owners standing in front of their store proudly? Because I love those. When you go to Ellis Island, they have a section of, uh, they, at Ellis Island, they have a section of uh, all the immigrants that came over, and then they have them with the businesses that they started. And it's just pictures of, of people standing in front of their store, like this right here, that they're proud of. And it's my favorite section. I love the pictures of that. You know, like a butcher with a bloody apron just standing in front of a store because in like 1925, proud. I came to America and I'm prospering and all that shit. They still give you uh, free water and five cent coffee. Huge. And that gravy biscuit sandwich, which looked. All right. The food doesn't look spectacular. It looks pretty average. That dining room looks old. They have all these pictures. It's really like a mall, not a drugstore. They have antiques. They got boots. I bet a lot of people have been here. It seems like a huge place. It seems like if you're from the Dakotas, you've been there. That creepy fucking guy. Holy shit, what was that? Mechanical robots that look like humans of the olden days singing songs and just talking. That creepy guy... Kind of looks like, who's the actor from uh, Disturbia? Who's the actor from Disturbia? You guys know what I'm talking about. He, uh, David Morse. Okay, David Morse. That guy, when David Morse played George Washington and John Adams. Oh, guys, I think I nailed it. I fucking nailed that. That might be the most impressive comparison with how quickly I did that. I saw this creepy robot and said, that looks like David Morse when he played George Washington. And it's almost, it's almost, uh, can you guys not even see? It's almost there. Need a side-by-side. Just perfect. Looks like I'm going to have a fantastic day. Just switching back and forth to show you how impressive that was. Wow. 10 out of 10 comparison by me. And, you know, that's just something everyone else is going to have to acknowledge. Whether you want to or not, 
I crushed that comparison. Comes back to these bad actors, and, and I don't want to be mean because they're, like, making a cool video that I appreciate, but the guy on the right's face when the other guy's talking, like, right there. Oh, <laughs> uh, that made me laugh last night. I was I was pretty gummied up, but, like, hold on. Let me, uh. He delivers his line. I'm going to do playback speed halfway. He delivers his line. And then uh, he gives this, like, look right here after he delivers it. <laughs> like the fake, the, fa <laughs> the fake water drink. And this weird-ass fucking look. Why does he look off to the side and drink his water like that? Anyway, that's just, you know, fucking. Oh, yeah, he keeps. It's just really good acting. All right. You know, not to harp on it, but we are going to watch it again, and that's obvious. So he drinks the water after delivering his line. And then, yeah. Oh, yeah, and then there's this, like, uh, dinosaur thing. Where's the dinosaur? I guess this is a big attraction. I wouldn't care about this. Maybe kids really like the dinosaur thing. There's a big dinosaur at the wall drugstore. I don't even get it. Like, what's the exhibit? So they're, like, walking around, and then, bam, dinosaur growls, and then they get really scared. So anyway, I appreciate it. Let's shout, let's shout out whatever channel this is. South Dakota Video Tours. They got a lot of towns. So thank you for the video. I appreciate it. And thank you for your fantastic acting. I appreciate that as well. Guy should have taken a bite of the donut he's holding. Seems fair. Is that a donut? Kind of looks like a bagel with cream cheese smeared on top, which would be weird. And we'd all agree that that's kind of weird. Anyway, that's the Wall, wall South Dakota and the Wall Drugstore. 20,000 people a day. How nuts is that? It's like uh, an amusement park. Do people, like, you, you think it's more of a stop by when you're traveling? 20,000 people a day makes it seem like people put it in their plans. Like, that is, that's not the stop on the way to the destination. That's the destination, which is not how I would have viewed it. But what do I know? What, what do I know about Wall Drugstore in South Dakota? Literally nothing. Well, I know a little bit. Because I just did a little bit of research, but, you know, on top of that, nothing. Anyway, that's the Wall Drugstore. And that's all I have to say about that. Our baseball player today is Harry Lumley. Harry Lumley was a really good home run hitter. One of the premier sluggers of the dead ball era. Which is actually quite impressive because the balls didn't go anywhere. So if you hit home runs then, you know. They said if he got to play with the, the tight the, the the tight balls that he would have crushed it. But he also couldn't control his weight gain, and he got injured a good amount and didn't have a long career. But in 1906, him and Honus Wagner fought for leadership in the batting race. They were going neck and neck, and then uh, Wagner, Wagner won, and Lumley finished third, actually, with a 324 batting average. One reporter described Lumley's proclivity for gaining weight and said it caused the hard-hitting outfielder's career to go steadily downhill after 1906. 
when he hit 324. How about that? Uh, where's his career? Still getting used to this new setup. Switching between... Switching between the... Uh, the things. It's different than it was before. Harry Lumley. Nickname was The Judge. It's fine. That's allowed. Uh, 1904, he made his debut for Brooklyn. And he played from 1904 to 1910. Baseball's old as hell, huh? In his rookie season, oh, the Sabermetric Society did like retroactive rookie of the years and stuff. And they said that he won the retroactive rookie of the year for his 1904 season when he's 23 years old. He led the league in triples and he led the league in home runs with nine. 138 OPS plus 279 batting average. He also led the league in strikeouts. 1906 was a pretty good year, though. He led the league in OPS plus with 179. No joke. Led the league in slugging, 477. Had a 324 batting average and a 386 on base percentage. Granted, like, we have no idea what style of baseball this really was. If we were to see it, we'd probably be like, whoa, what the fuck was that? Because they were playing with a dead ball. But, yeah, there was a story about a pitcher who threw him a bunch of curveballs, but it was really sunny out, and the pitcher was bragging that he had him figured out, and then the next time he faced him, he threw him a curveball, and he hit it like just a bomb. And they were like, ha-ha, so you thought you had him figured out. But then, yeah, he, uh, he declined. There's no, like, video of him anywhere. Anything like that? Oh, he became manager. Oh, dude, I I found I thought this was funny. Let me see if I can find. Um, we got David Morse still. Harry Lumley. You have to search baseball because there's a hockey player named Harry Lumley. Um, is this him? Because that guy looks too skinny to be him. No, it's Tim Jordan. So it's not him. Here he is. Open image in new tab. Put it on the screen. That's fucking tiny. Okay, well, there he is. While I tell you, looks kind of chubby, huh? So this says that um, he got, he, he, he started slumping after his 1906 season. He gained weight. He started slumping so bad that a fan, oh, I put this as the title, so you already know. A fan, Jill, I need your help with a better title. A fan took an umbrella and just threw it onto the field right at him, and the umbrella landed, spiked in the grass right in front of him. That's scary. It's like the scene in 61 when the fan throws a chair at Roger Maris. It's like, Jesus Christ, that's scary. Umbrella just comes rocking it at you. It really hurt. Um, they would just call him a rotten has-been. He was like 28 years old. He had one good season. That's pretty. It's pretty quick to go to be a a, ha, a has been. In 1909, they named him manager. This blew me away. In 1909, they named him manager. So he was player manager, right? Ebbett named him manager. The right fielder's appointment met with derision from some reporters who did not consider him to be to fit the dead ball error stereotype of a brainy and aggressive manager. They just thought he was too big and dumb to be a smart manager. That's just the classic small, short person mindset. 
because they can't be prof- like you know we can't be professional athletes. So you're just like, oh, you're too big to be smart, dude. <laughs> they just need a win. Anyway, but within a week of taking over, over Harry put his own mark on the club. He waived 13 players. That's insane. So this dude, a, a, <laughs> the player becomes a manager. He immediately waives 13 players from the team. And he gets fired. He doesn't, you know, he's like in basically an interim manager. He gets fired. They only went 55 and 98. They sucked still. And you just let a manager get rid of 13 players. Like they had no GM back then. And then he, you know, he got fired at the end of the season. It's like, what do you do with those 13 players? That sucks for those 13 players. Well, you made fucking Lumley a manager for one season and I lose my job. You shouldn't even have made him the manager. That's crazy to me. Just got rid of 13 of his teammates right away. He must have hated him. They must have hated him. Anyway, that's that's uh, Larry Lumley. There's not much else. I can go to his page. I don't even know, like, if his splits are going to be... Like, he's so, so old. Is he going to have fun career splits? I don't even know. Let's see. Okay. They got some. Versus right-handed starter. He was better versus righties than lefties. Well, he batted lefty. He was better at home. Barely. He was better in the first half. Barely. His best month was uh, June. He had a... June was his best month. He had 16 triples in June. 10 home runs in May. How about that? In losses. How stupid is how stupid is this? All right. The Boston Doves. That's uh on the Boston Doves. How long were the Boston Doves around? Are people going to make fun of me that I don't the Boston Doves don't make sense to me? I don't, that name doesn't ring a bell. It was only one season. It looks like they only existed for one season. Before the season, longtime Boston Bean Eater owner Arthur Soden sold the team to the Dovey Brothers. The team quickly became known as the Boston Doves after the Brothers. One bright spot during the 90 lost season came on May 8th when Big Jeff Pfeffer pitched a no hitter. So, how long were they, the Boston Doves? The Dubby Brothers buy it. They call them the Boston Doves. That's cool. No? They were there Boston Doves for a while. Oh, not for a while. Looks like three years. In 1911, they changed to the Boston Rustlers. Because George Dovey died, and John Dovey and his business partner sold the Boston Doves after the 1910 season to William Russell who changed the team name to the Rustlers. Okay, so the Braves were the Boston Rustlers in 1911, and then in 1912, they were the Braves. The team name was renamed the Boston Braves after the the tribe or the people. Oh, today I learned... Rustlers for one season, Doves for four seasons, Bean Eaters before that. 
How about that? Four years, they were the dubs. The Chicago Orphans. Superbaz. The Brooklyn Superbaz. Anyway, that's Harry, whatever the fuck his name was. And that's all I have to say about that. Book, book, book. I'm talking about Silver Linings Playbook. It's a movie. Someone asked uh, if I start doing movies on here. Maybe. I'll run out of books eventually unless I start reading more. Um, where is it? This book, I really like the movie. Like, I really, really like the movie Silver Linings Playbook. It's up there with my favorite movies. I love it. Um And big fan of the movie. I lost my train of thought. I don't know. I read the chat. I lost in something. But I, but I don't really remember the book because I read this when I was living in Walnut Creek, California, and I was going to film school in San Francisco, and there was no classes on Fridays. So what I would do is I would just walk and read uh, all day. So I read this in one day, and I feel like whenever you do that, it's like when you binge a show instead of watching it you know, watching 10 episodes over 10 weeks and you watch all 10 in one day, you're like, oh, shit, I don't remember that. I didn't really actively think about it. I just kind of consumed it. So the the book, uh, the differences between the book and the movie, I believe the main character was older, but they like Jennifer Lawrence so much. Um, I forget a lot. But, yeah, I read it on one walk. There's a lot of underlined stuff here. Are pigeons doves, though? Huge question from Marshy. Yeah, pigeons pigeons and doves are, are doves are just basically albino pigeons. They don't really have any difference besides that we treat them different. Humans. Because they were all white, so they were like pure. Which probably stems from some racist shit. But I believe they're the same thing. A pigeon and a dove. Anyway... I like this book. I don't really remember it. I love the movie. I think there's some really funny lines in the movie and some really good stuff too. But yeah, but yeah, I think it's a quick read. I read it on one walk. Probably helped because I had already seen the movie first, so I was kind of familiar, so I didn't have to. Um, really short chapters. If anyone likes books that are like five-page chapters and then they move on, I wonder if this guy's written any other books. I underline this. Life is hard. Life is hard, Pat, and children have to be told how hard it can be. Why? So they can be sympathetic to others. So they will understand that some people have it harder than they do and that a trip through this world can be a wildly different experience depending on what chemicals are raging through one's mind. Isn't that crazy that everyone thinks differently? I know it's pretty obvious. Sometimes, like, I'd love to just be in a someone else's head and be told the same information that I'm told and then be like, whoa, you absorbed that so wildly different than I did. And I wonder what makes us do that. You know, is it nature? Is it nurture? It's definitely a combination of both. Let's think about that. Sucks that we can only live one life and one be one person and have one set of like uh, mindsets and upbringing and thoughts because you really... You only know you. There's like a infinity amount of minds and lives out there, and you only get to know how one works. It's crazy, unless you try to read a lot. But still, like to be in someone's head, like 
shit, you heard that and you thought that? Crazy. Not a bad, it's a cool. Like, if everyone thought the same, it'd be bad. But I just wish that there was a way to tap in and be like, I want to I wanna experience something through someone else's head once. But you don't get to. Unless you believe in reincarnation, stuff like that. Speaking of, I read an entire article on Casper the Ghost, the movie, Casper from 1995, about how crazy the CGI was and how crazy um, how crazy deep it was for a kid's show because they both deal with the loss of a parent, Casper and Christina Ricci's character. And I was like, whoa. I remember that as just being a silly kid's movie. And then I watched some scenes and I was like, shit, that's sad as fuck. Great movie, though. And then someone on like the Reddit thread commented, I've had a crush on Christina Ricci uh, my entire life. And I was like, yeah, yep. Like when I was 10, I had a crush on 10-year-old Christina Ricci. When I was 20, I had a crush on 20-year-old. And just like she's just kind of been like a staple of a crush. But yeah, now and then, and, and Casper, big time Christina Ricci crush. Here's another quote I wrote, I underlined. Life is not a PG feel-good movie. Real life often ends badly like our marriage did, Pat. And literature tries to document this reality while showing us it is still possible for people to endure nobly. Literature tries to document this reality while showing us it's still... Oh, so like you can go through hardships and not become an asshole or jaded or have it ruin you. You can endure it nobly. I guess that's the message there. So just think of me walking on the path in Walnut Creek, reading a book, and then underlining it when I like lines. It's definitely like a six-hour walk, and I just walked all day and read one session. But I really like the movie, and I probably really like the book. I just don't remember it incredibly well because I read it in one day. Anyway. Um, ba-da-da-ba-da-ba-da. Ba-da. Gummy in the morning, gummy in the evening, gummy at supper time. I only do gummy at night. I don't do, uh, I don't do that. All right. I think, uh, we're done with the book. And that's all I have to say about that. We'll just hang out for a little, got like, uh, maybe like 10 minutes, probably less than 10 minutes, uh, until I have to go do maybe five minutes prep for John Boy Jake Radio. What's going on, everybody? We like the new layout. It's not going anywhere because I like it. But I'll, I'll take some feedback and suggestions if you have any. What? I want to get in the center of this. Why is it? Okay, got it. Do you think the Twins will be good this season? Yeah. Yeah, they don't, have, they don't play anyone hard. They have the easiest division again. So do I think they'll be good in the playoffs? Uh, probably not because they're going to be playing shitty teams all day. Uh, you know, I think that... Jake and I were talking that like the Indians and the Twins basically have the Indians and the Twins basically have the easiest path to lock up the division and the wild card. In my brain, a wild card is coming from that central because they both they get twenty games against teams that are actively trying to lose the Tigers and the Royals, and the Pirates just kind of retooled and rebranded. They got some talent. You got you know three or four games against them. So in a sixty game season. You got 24 games against teams that are not trying to win. The Yankees have the Orioles, you know, 
The Blue Jays signed a bunch of pitchers and they're crazy young talent. Red Sox have crazy talent on the roster still. Rays are really good. Um, you know, in the West, they have the Mariners. And, they're, they're, you know, they'll do what they're going to do. They're probably going to try not try to win and just, like, develop guys. Then you got the Angels, just have a bang-up ro- uh, lineup. You got the Astros, who are good. You got the A's, who are good. You got the Rangers, who just signed a bunch of guys, have a good staff for, you know, they have a solid one through five. So, yeah, the Central is the weakest division. So, do I think it's a weird, do I think the Twins will make the playoffs with ease? Yes. Do I think they'll be good in the playoffs? No. It's the story of the Twins, though. They were the only team to make the playoffs last year that had a uh, sub-500 record against winning teams. I tried to tell people that the entire time. And people just people just think I just hate on the Twins, and I'm not. It's just like strength of schedule is real. And how did the Twins do against good teams last year? Poorly. How'd they do in the playoffs? Poorly. So I don't know. Um... What do you think? Who do you think benefits the most from the DH in the National League? The Dodgers? Uh, the Cubs? Schwarber? There it, a lot of teams. Um everyone's gonna benefit. I don't know. We we Jake did it. Jake did it and and I haven't looked at it in a while. But Cubs is pretty huge. But a lot of teams. The Dodgers probably the least, I think, because I think they're they're just going to rove and give everyone rest. Um, so, I don't know. Let's see. Oh, BXMMA in Periscope says, You can't experience people's lives, but one thing you can know is it's the human condition, bro. Yeah. I think I agree. I just think it would be cool if you could experience other people's brains for like a little bit. It's like, you know, they say step in my shoes. I want to step in their brain. Just see what it's like. Dodgers are yolked anyway. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers are good anyway. I think they're I think they're going to be low on my list. Unless a Dodgers fan can make can make a really strong case of why the DH benefits them the most, I, I think they're last on my list. Like, Dodgers are good, and they're just going to be able to rotate players. Like, they'll surely benefit, but it's not a game changer but but i but i you know dodgers fan know more than me about the dodgers so if if you got an argument let me let me know uh twins still beat the yankees for most home runs sure did hit a bombs are the young cardinals pitchers going to benefit from the short season yeah I don't, we'll, we'll see man i mean next 2021 might be beneficial but uh i don't know how it's all gonna know I don't know how it's going to go. Hey, Jimmy, what's this show all about for people in the back? Is that because I didn't do the intro? I got to start making the intro a priority. I was too excited about the new backdrop. Well, anyway, this is the Tom Green show. It's not the Green Tom show. This is my favorite show because it's my show. No, that's the intro to the Tom Green show. Which is the greatest intro of all time? This is the Tom Green Show. It's not the Green Tom Show. This is my favorite show because it's my show. Um, this is the morning show. It's baseball. It's it, This is the morning show. It's little uh, bite-sized bits of everything I like. History, geography, American towns, baseball, books, and talking with you guys. Intro at the end again. Yeah. 
Are you primarily sidearm or backhand in disc golf? Backhand. I only go forehand or sidearm when, you know, you're you're pinned up against a tree and you don't have a line and you need to. And I'm not bad at it if it's like a close distance and an accuracy, but I couldn't get any distance. I'm most, mo- like probably 99%. You want me to cut my desk with a chainsaw? Do you remember when when Tom Green, whose desk, he cut a desk with a chainsaw and there was electrical cords inside the desk that he just missed? Forgot about that. I think it's the Nats who benefit more from the DH, more rest for the older guys and keep the starters in longer. Could be, yeah. You got a lot of guys. I mean, uh, Zimmerman's not playing now. We know that. So it's one less old guy to worry about. Uh, Jimmy and Jake would be electric on YMH. I don't know what YMH is. Young Motorheads. I know nothing about baseball as far as players and good teams. I literally just got into baseball from watching your breakdowns. How do you think the Rangers will, uh, will shoe this season? I think that's will do this season. Will there be one? I'm not going to, you know. <clears throat> the Rangers are interesting because they have a lot of pitchers. They're, they have a, a – their one through five is steady. You know, they picked up Lyles and they got Lance Lynn and they got Mike Miner and they got Kluber. Uh, so, you know, their one through five, their pitchers are steady. Their lineup's pretty good. Um, they're in a tough division. I, they, if the Rangers made a, made a run – I think you'll hear a lot of people screaming it's the product of a 60-game shortened season and they got hot at the right time, but I do think there's talent, and I enjoyed that they went up and got people, the Rangers. But um, the new stadium's fun. I don't know. I, I like you know A lot of people tell me like they don't buy in to the Rangers pitching staff, and I, I get it because you know, some people still don't understand how Lance Lynn's doing it, but Lance Lynn had a great year last year. Uh, they picked up Todd Frazier, who's a good clubhouse guy. Who else they got? I'm looking at it now. Gibson. I knew I was missing a pitcher. Like, they're one through five are professional arms. You don't have, like, a prospect or a rookie or, or anything there. Depends on uh, Kluber. And then, you know, they got Santana had a good year last year. They pick up Torinos. Uh, eh. Frazier's good. Gallo. I don't know. But uh, But it would be surprising if they if they come out on top. Do you think Yachty only has 60 more games with the Cardinals or in his career? I don't know. I know a lot of people have followed that closer than I have, so I I wouldn't even offer like a half-assed attempt at a take on it. Uh, How about those Phillies? Phillies are interesting because I don't think the Phillies pitching is amazing. I like their lineup, and Joe Girardi's really good at getting wins out of clubs. However, he has to. But, um, yeah, like if Wheeler or Nola get hurt, I think you're kind of without a staff in a shortened season that's going to depend on pitching. They're, they're kind of like they don't you – know, Wheeler can be a stud. He hasn't been. He's been good. Arietta, you know. Velasquez and Eflin, like you know, I I don't know. I don't love the the Phillies starting rotation, especially when you're in a division with the Braves and the Mets and and the national starters. So 
Um, all right. I think I'm going to... Adam Regan in Periscope says, excited to see Cano Melky back in New York, even if it's not cross town now. That is an exciting thought process. I wonder if they've kept close. Does anyone know? Like, are Melky and Cano still boys? Or was that, you know... Freshman year of college, they were really, really close because they were the two young guys surrounded by everyone else. And then as they grew up and became the old guys, now they just look back on it. Or are they still fucking fast friends? Remember when Melky got sent down because him and Cano were partying too much? But Melky was awesome, man. I love Melky. like Cano, too. So, Do you know how to unscramble a Rubik Cube, Jimmy? No, I do not. My producer, Luke, could at one point. And once he told me that, like, it's just like one, two, three, one, two, 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 one, two, like, like something like that. I was like, ugh, it's not as cool as I thought it would be. You think that Rubik's Cube's awesome and people are solving a mystery with their hands, you know? You know, like when you have, um, When you have like all that that wood square and you got to move the blocks, like you know, got to move this block and this block and this block, and you have to like look at it and visualize the pattern and figure out, okay, so if we move this one here, that opens up that gap. We can move this one there and we can slide, and that that's what you think people are doing for the Rubik's cube, and then someone who can do it explains it to you, and they're like, you're just doing math with your hands, and I was like, oh my god, I thought it was cool for a second. Now I think it's the lamest thing in the world. So we finally end the show with my thoughts on Rubik's cube. Been a long time coming, but we got there. Oh, I lost the, I lost the roadcaster. It sounds like. Bummer. It looks like the music's not coming out of the way it's supposed to come out. So I was going to end the show, and now I'm now I'm wondering: is it worth it to try and fix this, or do I just don't care and end the show how I want to end it? That's what's that's what we're wondering, the collective way. Everyone's wondering it. Some people are saying it's not worth it, Jimmy. It is not worth it. Fixed it. In your faces, everyone who doubted me. I'll be here tomorrow. And then I'm done. Tomorrow is Friday for me, taking the Thursday and Friday off to celebrate weekend with my family before we strap in for a huge Oh, we have uh, William Shelby wants a Mac update. My dog, MacDougal. Uh, MacDougal's doing fantastic. Half-trained, biting a lot. We're getting a JJR episode today. Yep, in 10 minutes. I got to get over there. And I found the poem that I, that I couldn't find yesterday. I found it. I texted it to producer Luke. I was hoping he would post it on Twitter or Instagram. I don't know if he did. But all right, I got to go. I got 10 minutes to edit this, put it up, and then uh, get out of here. See you guys. <laughs>